The shackles uh, are off. Welcome to Morning Minutes. Myself, Michael Burgio, Mark Novak, and Aloha. Aloha. Happy Mother's Day for yesterday. Yes. We Big should have had our mums. We should have had our mums on for Mother's Day. Yeah, I know. Next year. So the big ones, the big to- hot topic of today is the shackles are coming off and how that's going to affect property predictions and what a great job our uh, politicians have done. Yeah, so they released their three-stage approach and it was very, um, it was good to, it just showed, it showed <coughs> how important property was to everything, the economy, the ecosystem, where real estate was one of the last ones like the last industries to have the um, shackles put on it, shackles put on, and yep. they were one of the first to have the shackles taken off. And yes. what I mean by that is because there was a few people a lot of open homes that didn't realise we couldn't do open homes for the past six weeks. So for anyone just tuning in to everything going on with the world, um, we weren't able to do open homes with more well we only could do private appointments so i think as an agent you definitely appreciate open homes a lot more when they're taken away Um, hey what a good job and i know i know we're all very uh opinionated on uh on what should be done and should not be done and there's these protests and you know ruby princess and all that stuff going on but i just want to say like what a great job everyone did and what yeah. a great job in particular our politicians did. Um, you know, when you look at us on a worldwide scale, like our guys did good. We should get, we should, you know, we should, we're always beating up these politicians and I sort of want to give them a bit of a pat on the back. I didn't even know ScoMo at all before this. And um, he's okay, eh? Yeah, I think it's one of the, Angus said it when we had the gentleman from the country on, like travel, bad news travels a lot further than fast news. And he used the analogy about, um, especially with the, the farmers and the drought, how a lot of it, a lot of the headlines just aren't a reflective of the whole industry as a whole. And it's, he said, it, bleed makes a good read. Yeah, bleed makes a good read. And that goes for a lot of things, hey, like you, you never you never really hear the headlines of the prices going well and it's going to stay like that. It's always doom and gloom. And yep. especially when it comes to, thanks Luke for sharing. Um, there's a lot of, and the same thing goes with all the politicians. Everyone loves to slag them off and tell them what they should be doing. And especially now, like we've never had a crisis like this before. So there's a lot never, of things never, never. Do where they refer to like a playbook or they refer to something that's happened before all the politicians and everyone involved were, they were just winging it and using their best judgment, weren't they? You know what? There was so much, and what I found really interesting was there was so much um, information available that they were pumping out the information on the clamp down. Mm. They never used the word lockdown, but we were effectively in lockdown, right? You know, they'd never used the word. We turned around a couple of days later and went, actually, this is lockdown. Um, And then the way they unclamped everything has been a bit of a secret. Um, You know, I've got a lot of buddies that are cafe operators and no one knew whether they were Arthur or Martha the last three or four days. It's like the lack of information on the the way out of this, uh, but the amount of information on, on the way into this was amazing. And I'm sure it's all psychological. You know what I mean? I'm sure it's all done for a reason. It's not done from lack of, um, um, 
education. They, yeah. That's the way they just did things. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in some of those meetings where they're like, no, you can't use that word. If you use that word, it's yeah. got a negative connotation to it. No, use this word. This is the message we're going out. Similar how we use it with, say, boarding houses, Marco. We're like, no, there's young studio professional accommodation because bad yes. words have that negative connotation to a lot of things. So it would have well, been... Yeah, they would have had the greatest psychologists in the country advising them on this, eh? 100%. So how is your first weekend being open? Busy. Um, the numbers, the numbers were out there. Like some of the guys from the weekend reported 15 to 25 people through their openings, uh, groups where, and if it's a group that could be up to 50 people, if there's two people per, per, um, uh, group, but everyone was highly respectful. So, you know, if you asked everyone to distance better, they did. If you asked them to leave the property and they did. Uh, if you asked them to wait outside, they did. Nobody was grump, grumble bums. Everyone was really respectful, hey? Yeah, it was. It was nice. And there was a fair few people that didn't know what was going on. Like there was one they'd say, when we, we just assume everybody knows. But I suppose yeah. if you're not in that industry or daily in it or like heavily looking for properties, you probably didn't know opens weren't on. Like you're not no. really... You probably just looked online and go, oh, maybe they haven't put it on yet. And then you get on your daily your daily business. Because I think there was a good 10 to 30% of people like, oh, you couldn't do opens last six weeks. Or so that's a, good, you- that's a good message to everyone today. Guys, open houses for real estate agents are back. They are back. Uh, I think it's up to 10 people you can have in the property, include, plus the agent. I believe that's what it is. Oh, you know what? And at the end of the day, it's all common sense because I, I think even with common sense, you wouldn't even allow 10, 10 people into an open either. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd still be regulating hard at the door. Um, but yes, yeah, such good, such good news. And the shackles really are coming off. And you know what? Um, I haven't seen, and I, I haven't seen people rushing back to old ways. And what I mean by that is I didn't get, like, I didn't, go to anybody's houses for a barbecue or a drink straight away mm. uh, and nor will I when it goes up to 10 people on Friday it's funny that I'm sort of I mean, a lot of people are comfortable in their little zone in their little cocoon that they've set themselves up in well it's one of those things I think it's you got to do something for 30 days and it forms the habit there's some psychology ah, good call very good call and we've been longer in this routine for a lot longer than 30 days so I think it will take Very time for people good. to adjust. There's some good habits yeah. and there's some bad habits. So it's going to take time. Um, so these, these, these have, so again, say, I'll say it again, Michael, you do something for 30 days consecutively, it becomes a habit. Yes. So that's interesting because um, habitually people are now in ISO land. Yeah. And it's formed that habit. So, where do you see the next four weeks? Because I think a lot of people always make sort of when they make predictions, it's a little bit long and people are like, well, that's not relevant sort of thing. So the next four weeks, especially for people looking to buy now, looking to sell now, what are you, what are you going to see out there? What do you, what's your well, look, view? If you've been, uh, what I'm seeing is a lot of people are sitting on a 90 day uh, loan approval. Um, if that loan approval was established in January or February, you're probably in a bit of spot 
in a spot of bother at the moment um, because you've got to line up again if you don't purchase and you've got to ask for that loan again. Uh, now, I understand if you exchange a contract within that 90-day approval, then you don't have to line up again. Yeah. So what that, what that means is if these guys have not purchased something and they are lining up for an approval, is lending going to be tighter or is lending going to be looser since COVID? I think it depends on the industry you're in. And I think overall the answer would be tighter. So I reckon there could be a bit of a rush the next four weeks. Yeah, I, I feel the same because there's a lot of people who are going to come out of, if you look at your fre- a new application with your, the last two months, there's going to be some people, if they've been fortunate enough to keep their job and, and keep it at the same pay level, their expenses are going to be really low, so that's going to work in their favour. But a lot of the people, it's their income's going to be lower and the expenses are going to be lower. And when you work on a multiple of your income of six, for example, then by coming down 10 or 20% in wage, then your purchasing power is going to probably come down 20, 10, 20% as well. So I think it's going to be very good to, I think it's a conversation with your broker. Hey, Mark, going, is it better to let it lapse or should I really be buying now? Because I may not be able to buy uh, with a new approval under new tightening terms. Got it. Uh, we've got Luke Baroni. What do you think about ANZ's economist saying 10 but 15% drop? Well, yeah, always- all, four, all four banks are pretty negative about the property outlook. Story of our lives for non stop, isn't it? <laughs> I think- I don't, you know, Luke, what I reckon? I reckon, um, look, banks need to do loans. Um, they, and I, I think that um, there's been an. I don't think the banks have been particularly worried the last eight weeks because they've been doing a lot of refinance stuff. Uh, if you speak to any brokers, mortgage brokers, they've been very busy, busier than normal. They're not doing a lot of new property loans, but they're doing a lot of refinance, jiggling around, saving interest for clients' loans. I think when that when that's over, banks got to be a little bit careful. Before we answer that question, Michael, what, what do you reckon? Do you reckon there's going to be a bit of a bull rush on property, or do you reckon it's going to be really? It's going to go like in terms of you know the taking up of properties. Do you reckon there's going to be a a big a big property purchasing cycle now I or do, not? I do for many reasons. One, there's going to be the pre-approval factor. A lot of people, if you're supposed to be sell, like people buying 10 properties a week and it went on pause for three months, those people still need to buy, need to buy. And then on the, the other thing I look at as well is the property market is just going to stimulate so much debt, like paying back debt and growth in the economy. Every $1 spent on properties for, uh, on properties, $4 external with lawyers, valuations, furniture removal is that chain reaction and our economy is going to need something to basically get the wheels rolling of the economy and i believe regardless if what you think of property i believe it's going to be the mechanism or the vehicle to stimulate that growth for the economy regardless if it's right or wrong i think it's an easy prop up to stimulate it forward so i don't feel it will have that drop even if the economy let's say arguments say the economy 
is well i don't think it, the argument say the economy is not that strong and let's just say based on the, a weaker economy the property would go down i think there's going to be an artificial bump up property market because it's going to help stimulate the economy so let's just say on normal economics it would go down i don't think it will just because there has to be something going well otherwise you hit the recession depression if we're there yet or not there yet i just feel that it won't the property market will be used regardless if it's justified or not so my my pick is we're going to have that surge because if property goes like look at it this way tourism's gone education is basically gone retail's very weak what else is good otherwise it's a very very down slippery slope so i think property will be the prop up for that um, it's bouncing back as you speak from lee woodward uh lisa speculation are always sydney australian wide often refers to greater areas each individual area sydney performed you've got one of the best real estate trainers in the country lee woodward watching this morning we do um, thanks for having on i think my interview with lee's coming out very shortly so i'm and very lisa, excited and lisa novak's talking to five thousand real estate agents this morning as well yes so what do you reckon that to that mark Basically, I'm saying. Uh, I reckon. I'll tell you what I reckon. This is what I reckon. The first part of COVID, what what we all learned was, you had to run a magnifying glass over anything to work out what the market was doing. That magnifying glass was the essential magnifying glass. So you know, if you looked over toilet paper with a magnifying glass, you said, "I'm going to need this puppy. Uh, it's essential." If you looked over. Uh, uh, a um, airline ticket to go uh, overseas to Bali for a holiday, you would say this is not essential. So to answer this question directly, everyone has got a really good barometer now and a really good magnifying glass and to say, I know what's important in my life and I know what's not important in my life. Now, taking that and putting that glass, that magnifying glass over property, I cannot help to think that food and shelter have come out absolute champions in the last eight weeks. No shit. I think food and shelter are absolutely critical. So I think stocks have proven to be not critical because people did this massive stock dump when they really got scared, but they did not do a big property dump when they got scared because food and shelter are very, very essential. So to answer, talking about what we've said the last couple of minutes, Luke, and to answer your question directly, if I had a punt and I put my magnifying glass over the property market, I would say shelter, you're pretty safe. Shelter, you're pretty good. Uh, and I reckon boom time, no, but certainly what the banks are suggesting, a pullback of 5 10 or 15% at 2% interest rates, I can't believe it. Yeah, That's and it's already right. happened. It's oh, already happened. We've already we've already come back five or ten percent. So they're just stating what's already happened, or they project another ten, fifteen percent. So that's twenty to thirty percent. I don't see that happening. We've already come back ten, and I believe we're probably going to have a bit of a, a surge of five percent. Clint Gilbert, hello from the UK. That yes, international. Ah, as a UK <laughs> contingency, the boy with Lisa did a bit of a chat with. Uh, um, some of the guys and girls in property in the UK and it's a, it's a pretty incredible um, property market over there as well, uh, especially with COVID and stuff like that. G'day to you guys. But um, 
Michael, I, I think the don't forget get this as how's this for a concept and this is particularly to Luke again big question I love Luke's questions yeah um, we actually want to get the, Luke on this week Luke I've been meaning yeah to we should have a chat. here it is <laughs> um, I often our big four banks are used and I mean this respectfully they're used I don't, I don't want to use the word puppets I want to use the word as, as ambassadors yeah um, ambassadors the, yeah so the government's often proven in the last five or 10 years to use these ambassadors to regulate our property market. Um, so look, they are massive for our economy, our big four banks. They are you know, different to, 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 to most of the countries in the world. They have a lot of pull. They have a lot Very of push. Um, but I would not be surprised that that negative talk that they're sensationalizing out there about the property market if it's not influenced by our government, I've got a feeling that we're coming into a really strong property market fueled by 2% interest rates, yes. fueled by the importance of a, of, uh, of a roof over your head. And I've got a feeling that the bank doesn't want to put those rates up to slow it down. The banks are saying, you know what? Oh, sorry, the government's saying, you know what? We don't want to put these rates up. We can't physically put these rates up to slow the property market down. How can we potentially slow the property market down if it rallies? And it's going to be talk like this that's going to help them. It's very true. And it's one of those things which we don't know how it's going to affect it yet, but a lot of people are going to come off their mortgage freezes and rent relief and debt relief within the next few months. So I think that's going to that's gonna play a part. We don't know to what extent. We don't know if they'll extend it. I think imagine if they extended it for another six months, when everyone yeah. went back to work to allow them to catch up because it's going to be pretty brutal. Back to work, start paying full bills. It's just like there's a, a slow ramp up of restrictions coming off. I wonder yeah. if they'll do the same with the rent relief, debt relief and everything that way. Because I could imagine if it's done quite slowly. So at the moment, basically you can freeze 100% of your mortgage, but then if you go straight to paying full freight plus your capitalized interest, it's going to be a big whack from zero to a little bit, a lot. So it will be interesting to see how they roll that out with the lockdown coming off as well. So. That's going to play a part as well, because I can imagine if they do that a little bit slowly, even though all a lot of landlords like, no, let's get back to full. Because let's remember, especially commercial tenants market, it's not just getting back to rent, it's rent plus the half they didn't pay. So it's going to be- a Look, it's potentially, it's potentially 125% of their regular rent. It's potentially yes. 150% of their regular rent, uh, depending on how many years they, um, they're going to claw back over. Um, but that's the comeback, guys. That's the um, that's the shackles off conversation we wanted to have with everyone this morning, and I, I, it's in the front of everyone's mind. Everyone's everyone's guessing, 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 guessing. That's our educated guess. Yep, would love to hear your opinions. Like, share down below, and uh, it's been a good morning so far. And let's start off to a big week. How cold is it? Yes, yes, it's cold. It's ten degrees out there. If anyone's. Uh, if anyone is uh, wondering, viewers, it's cold here. <laughs> and our international viewers, you know, it's really incredible. We get a lot of people from California, Florida, 
uh, and we get a lot of people from the UK. There, there's no other countries in the world that, that um, we, it's, it's interesting anyway. It is. Now, why? All right, great show. Thanks, Luke. And uh, thank you, everyone, for having me on. Lee, Clint, everyone, thank you very much. And is it 10 a.m. Lisa's live with uh, thousands of people? I think it's today. I, I believe she's live at 9 o'clock, I think it kicks off. And I think she's there's uh, she's with Josh Teslin. Josh Teslin's one of the... Uh, one of the biggest volume real estate agents and only a, at the ripe young age of uh, his mid twenties. Yeah, uh, he, He's doing a chat for 30 minutes. The way, if you want to be part of it, how do you do it? Uh, I believe you got to be part of the real estate gym and it's free with Tom Panos. So, and gym. then if you're not, it may be 20 or, or something, or it could be free. I'm not sure. Yeah. Probably so John guys sign up to the real website, estate gym. Yes. Live at ten eight. Live at ten. Lisa says, uh, "Maybe 10. jump on Lisa's website or Tom Panos's." Uh, yeah, Lisa, Lisa will there. whack it. If people want to be there and watch it, it is free, but you do have to register. Yes. So Lisa will throw the uh, the link in um, to these comments below on us there. Now, what Lisa's talking about is really interesting. Um, uh, she is probably the highest volume agent in the country. That's pu that's selling. Uh, on social media, doing the most amount of social media um, volume in Australia, and it's it's I probably I would probably say even maybe the world. Mm. Uh, the reason why is the international uh, exposure that she's been having in the last couple of months has been incredible, and the questions these guys are asking, it's like you really uh, haven't started any of this, have you? So I. I um, it's very interesting. Look, it's great for her customers, our customers, um, because our customers are benefiting from um, from our, our our digital prowess because it doesn't cost them any money to go onto our portals, our major portals like real domain. Agents are charging between four and five thousand dollars just to put you on. Um, whereas we can we can get the same results, if not better for free on social uh, through Facebook, Insta and LinkedIn. And that's what she talks about. Yes. So tune in 10. G'day Tate. Good to have you on. Lots of people on. Lots of new faces on as well. So that's great. Hope we gave you great content and especially to the agents out there. It gives you something, a talking topic as well with your clients. So all good. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 7.45. Thank you, Mr. Virgil. Eight o'clock the Monday night as well. Novak channel. Awesome. Perfect. Cheers. Thank you. Love you. See ya. Bye.